Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Average Joe Podcast. I am your host, Robert Stewart Jr., and my co-host today, uh, I don't know if I lost her or what, but Alicia, are you there? Are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, that's horrible. What is going on with your sound, girl? Yes, this has been an exciting time because it is the finals. And I mean, I was a little disappointed. Uh, I thought it was a little bit, be a little bit more brutal. I know they was carrying some carabine or whatever that crap was, and it was heavy. But come on, man. I said, really, this is how you're going to start off the race, talking about 16 miles, four times the laps? Man, please. Okay, what did you think of the final election before, we, uh, before I announce who's coming on today? Yeah, so... I mean, I, I thought, you know, it was a pretty steady race between the U.K. and, and the U, U.S. for a pretty good majority of it until Polly started to fall behind. Now, I will say, I mean, I don't know what temps that there were out there, but, I mean, I, I felt sorry for the guy. And, um, you know, whether you like him or you don't, I mean, he's, st- he's still your teammate. And that's where I thought where Ashley, in my opinion, kind of fell fell back and it was just seeming all about herself. And instead of being, you know, for the team, she's like, no, we got to win. We got to leave him behind and this and that. And then also another thing that happened was that, that CT in the midst of all of this, he had pushed into, they're going to make it a pen, like a penalty. So they, you know, had 10 minutes where they couldn't move and then they still couldn't see the USA. And with that being said, it just, it, it's crazy how, you know, they were that much ahead still, you know, but there's a lot of stuff that was going on. So it would be interesting to see, you know, what, what turns out for Polly because the last we've seen him, he was on the ground, not doing too well. So hopefully, you know, his health is on, you know, is on the up and up. Right, I definitely understand that, but you know, uh, TJ made it clear, and he said, "Hey, you cannot interfere with the other team's uh, uh, chances of uh, advancing." So, uh, uh, TJ also brought out, "You said choo choo when he said that," and then they choked, played it back. I start kind of the chuckle because I said, "Well, it, the rules clearly state that," and he almost cost his team big time, and you know. We're still early in the game, so uh, anybody can really win this final. Um, it's really up in the air, uh, um, even though um, these guys have fought hard and they are um, fighting to win a million dollars. Uh, it's a brutal game. When you when you play a game in that magnitude and you got a lot of money on the line, it's a lot at stake, you know. So uh, I can see why a lot of the cutthroat people are coming out now at this time because – this is a lot of money on the line, and we got to definitely um, definitely see real personalities come out. But friendships aside, you got to take that and throw that out the window. This is nothing personal. This is, you know, business, you know. So This is all about the money, all about apparently, the- you know. Especially <laughs> it's cutthroat, you know. You, you got you to gotta be that way because I said, yeah, we're friends, and um, – that's what's up, you know. Um, but let me announce this. Today we're gonna have my man from all the way from 
Denver, Colorado, he was in Challenge Mania Live. He's been in about four challenges. Um, and I, I was going over his uh, record the, today, and I was like, he's been on in the duel, the Gauntlet 3, won the Gauntlet 3, um, and he um, also... Hold on. Okay, so um, he won Gunner Three. He's been in Duel Two, and the last that we saw him was in Rivals. I know you guys probably uh, already guess who I'm gonna have on, but Nehemiah is gonna be joining us here shortly. Uh, I did just see him come online, so we're gonna be uh, talking to him here in a few minutes. Uh, we've been talking off and on on Instagram, and I'm telling you. It's going to be a good conversation because we're going to get into when he won Gauntlet 3 because I kind of discovered something new after watching it again. I haven't seen Gauntlet 3 since it aired on MTV, and I went back and started from the, the final and worked my way back, and I, I discovered a lot of things that I missed the first time when I watched it live. So um, we're definitely get ready to um, bring him on here shortly, but Alicia... What else you got to say about this final that we just witnessed? Well, you know, one thing, I, I, I know you love Kara, but she was being a big baby about, you know, having to do um, multiple things on there. For instance, you know, the bugs, yes, I would be freaking out too, but she is crying. A lot of the things that she did not want to do, she was crying and getting upset. And wow, why? There's so there's so many emotions, you know, that I guess that are going on in their in their minds while they're going through the finals. But it's like, really, we're gonna cry about having to eat the bug? How about instead? How about instead of doing that, you just. Um, you know, be happy with what you've been able to accomplish. And, you know, that's all I got to say about that situation. But then there were a couple of other things that were pretty amazing, too, that um, at the end there was still, like, Rogan and D on the, on the math part of the puzzle. They were still, you know, like the last ones in cars. She's not too good at math, as we all know. You know, that is, like, one of her, like, weak weakest links you know what did you what did you think of her crying because i know that you love her well <laughs> i love Cora. i've always loved Cora. you can tell she is um she's burnt out i could tell i could tell that because at the eating challenge she was um crying and i'm like wait a minute hold on this is Cora maria i've never seen you cry I've seen you cry on a lot of occasions, but I don't understand why you you are deep into the game, and I don't understand why you are so burnt out at this point. But I, I can understand it because she's been doing it for so long, and she needs a break. And and it showed yesterday. And I said, this girl is 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 a she she a dope chick because she went from being the weakest competitor. And going 
into the strongest female competitor that we've ever seen at this point of her challenge career. But it's time for her to take a break because uh, I can see the mental breakdown in that eating challenge. And she was like, I just couldn't believe she was crying. But you've been doing this for nine straight finals. You haven't really taken a break because she said I went, I've been five straight. This time she needs to take a full on break and uh, just decompress. And it looks like she's going to get that opportunity uh, season 35 since season 35 is underway. But we know she's not going to be on season 35 because she's taking a, a mental break with Polly. Uh, Polly could be one of her downfalls. Uh, Polly, his mouth is kind of getting him in trouble. You saw him kind of die on the first leg of the uh, finals. So it's going to be interesting when um, it's all said and done because season 36 is what I'm going to really be paying attention to because of the fact that I expect Polly and Carver to return. And if one of them are not in a challenge and if Carver's not back, then I'm going to start the question, is she going to come back? But really, she don't even need to come back. I mean, she's she's definitely set uh money wise um and this is what she do for a living and i would do anything to, to ch trade places with her and just like when i was talking to law in um in uh, yorkville illinois i said you know when you talking to an average guy like me we we would die to do something like this so uh definitely um what we have here now is nehemiah has joined us because he's been kind of we've been talking about the final nehemiah so how you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. I hear y'all going in over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the final just kicked off last night. It's going to be a two-part. They cut it down to an hour. They've been showing a little bit over 90 minutes this season, uh, which they've been loading it up. And then now we see that they cut it short towards the end. So I'm interested to see the second leg because I was kind of disappointed. I thought it was going to be more brutal, like uh, War of the Worlds. But War of the Worlds was brutal. I mean, we've never seen a final like this. Um, I was just actually re-watching Gauntlet 3. Now, I have a question for you. I'm going to jump into this because I, it just dawned on me. Y'all actually played a solid game throughout. Because they made it like the rookies were weak. But y'all really wasn't weak because the veterans were sitting there worrying about the 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 girls but it was big easy that they needed to been worrying about and and i i remember in one of your interviews you kind of pointed out like we want big easy here because it would be an easy uh victory for us but we know if we don't keep him here we may not have a shot of winning this money am i right right okay so what was your thought going because i, I want to take you to the end just think back when you was in that desert. What was going through y'all mind when y'all saw the veterans pull up on y'all and y'all didn't see Big Easy? Um, I think we all kind of, he had such a hard time with the swim. Mm -hmm. Like the swim was very, very difficult for him. I remember CT had to pull him. Right. And when we didn't see him, 
I think instinctually we all knew just to keep going, even though they had kind of they broken the gap on the lead that we set on them. Mm-hmm. And they came and it was way more of them in the final part where we had to dig up the treasure. And see, that was the thing that was weird about that is because when we read it, we had no idea what we were looking for in the sand. We didn't know if it was a small box or a big box. Uh-huh. So we didn't know how to dig, where to dig. It was just this area and it's only two guys on our team. Right. So when they rolled up and we didn't see Big Easy, something inside of us was like, yo, we need to keep going, just keep going. Because once they pulled out the flag, mm-hmm. um, I remember TJ didn't hump the, the the air horn. Right. And we were all looking up. We were like, what's going on? And we're like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. So we just kept going. And then, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, I like to call it the law of attraction. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a incredible final that y'all ran. But, you know, looking back at it, and, it, and this was my first time looking at the Gauntlet 3 in years. I mean, the last time I probably remember seeing the Gauntlet was when it was aired on MTV. And I was just like, wow, I, I can't believe it's been this long. And then when I first saw it, I had a thought. But when I w- watched it again, I was like, wait a minute. The rookies are honestly not the weak link in this whole ordeal. It was the veterans the whole time, and they didn't realize it. Now, you got a chance to play with Carl. I got a chance to meet Carl, and I got to say she's got a strong personality from what I met of her. That little short time I did when I was at Missouri State, Alicia, she actually was at Missouri State when Mike Mike the Miz Mazana came, and it was uh, Ace and Cameron was with them. And so... um, what was going through your mind when you found out Carl was just going to flat out quit that game? I think I was, uh, for me personally, I was disappointed because I had built a good relationship with her outside of the cameras. The cameras don't catch a whole lot of, they do catch stuff, but, you know, they add what needs to go in the flow of the show. And, uh, you know, me and Coral we had built a very good relationship. So the one thing that went through my mind was disappointment because I knew if she didn't even compete, she was automatically out. Right. So right. I knew she was going to go home no matter what. And if she did compete, she at least had a chance. Right. So right. for me, it was like, I could understand, I can understand where she was coming from mm-hmm. because she felt like her team had betrayed her. Right. And um, she didn't, I mean, that was Evelyn. You know, she was she was one of the most fierce competitors at the time. And uh, she didn't I guess she didn't want to make a fool of herself potentially because we don't know what would have happened. There's a chance she could have won. You know, we have no idea. Um, So it was just more disappointment because when you're in those environments, one of the things that make them a lot easier are the people that are around your relationships with. So when they start to go home, that's one of the hardest parts of it. Right, right. So um, did you feel like there was a shift going on during that time, um, like challenge-wise? Could you feel the shift? Because when I was watching it, I kind of felt a shift that was happening from when she first started out to up to that point. And I was like, she was from that era from the beginning. And then when she got to about there, there were a shift. Did you feel like there was a shift during that time? In the show? Yes. Yes, as far as cast goes, yeah. Yeah, there's a shift. And I and I picked up on that, and I'm starting to pick up on that even more when I go back and look at some old ones. 
And um, I'm just like amazed on how far or how 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 it has changed over the years. But they're keeping the concept the same because I remember I was just watching the, when y'all was burying um, the cast members. And I was like, wait a minute, they just did this in Final Reckoning. And then I'm just starting because I remember Mike, uh, the man's pointing that out, too, where he showed a puzzle. And he was like, we did this same puzzle back in the day. And so they're keeping the concept the same, but the people are changing and the cast members are changing. So I think that is uh, um, very interesting from that standpoint. So um, I want to get into your real world because you're from real world Austin. Uh, and that's actually one of the last seasons that I watched fully. Uh, I didn't really watch none of the new ones. I was mainly focused on the challenge. And then I ended up watching Corey's season. Um, I think that was, I forgot what season it was, but it was his season that I started back watching it. Uh, how did you get into the real world and what attracted you to the real world? Uh, the show was very popular back then. You know, I'm a, I don't know how old you are, but um, it, it was one of the most popular shows on TV at the time when I grew up. And, you know, I guess it's one of those shows that everyone always be like, that's the show that I would love to do. I was in film school at the time when I tried out for it. But um, when I, the whole story is crazy. Just, you know, the experience of finding out that the show is happening and then trying to find out where the auditions were. It was like a big whole ordeal. But once I got there and I saw everyone that was in line, I knew I had a chance because there was no one who looked like me. Mm -hmm. And I knew at the very least that I would stand out. I remember being in line and just looking down and it was literally just a whole bunch of frat guys. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, OK, I think I got this um, because no one, everyone is just the same. Everyone looks the same. So if this is the show that I remember back in the day, you know, because it had been a while since I watched it. But then I think that uh, I have a chance. Now, do you have liberty to say what type of interview questions that you were asked or were you asked any questions to be on the show? You know, when you I'm not exactly sure how they do it now, but there was an open casting is the way that it went. And the way that the open casting went was that they brought you in in a group of like maybe five to ten people, depending on how many people were in line. And then in that group, they do different things. Sometimes they throw out a topic and they let the group discuss. And if you stand out in that little bit of time in that discussion, then you move to the next round. Or, you know, in my in mine, they told us to introduce ourselves. They told us to go around, introduce ourselves, and then say something interesting about ourselves. And that was pretty much all the time that you had. And what did you say that was interesting? What did I say? Uh, <laughs> good question. Um, I think I said something like on the lines like I was in film school at the time. So I told him that I would take like any film job all the way from like a wedding to like old people porn. Uh, <laughs> that is definitely interesting. <laughs> and it does not sound like a lie either. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> he into it like head on so let's take you back to when you first got into the house what was your reaction what was your initial reaction to um being there uh was it surreal to you um or what how, how did you feel when you first walked into the house 
no, it was surreal. It was like, oh shit, this is the real world. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. It wasn't until like because I think I was me and Rachel were the first ones in the house, if I believe. Maybe, yeah, me and Rachel, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't until I I met Wes that I was like, because he looked like that dude. Mm-hmm. Like from the shows that I watched, I was like, oh shit, this is real. Once I met Wes, it was real, but. You know, and I think back on that time, it's very nostalgic. I remember, like, the smells, you know, like, the feel of walking around in the house and being there for the first time and just the level of, like, that was probably one of the most exciting times of my life, you know, like, just being in that atmosphere. And when you first get there and everything is just so new and the reaction of people when they see the cameras and and just everything, just that whole, just that whole vibe was just, it was just literally something that you can't really describe unless you experience it. And um, it, it was a beautiful thing to, to be able to have at that time because that's when television was around and everyone didn't have cameras. Right. Now everybody has cameras. Everybody does. Everybody films. Everyone has their own this. Everyone has their own that. Back then, it wasn't like that. So when you saw a camera, it meant something. It was a big deal because they weren't around like they are now. Right. That is definitely true. Um, Because I remember that time, real world was being played. uh, Role rules was being played 24-7 on MTV. And then that format started playing and it kind of filtered out now. With Pluto TV back in the mix, you know, they're starting to show a lot of the old um, challenges. I'm hoping they go way back to showing a lot of the older ones uh, now since they got this Pluto TV uh, format. So you and Wes, uh, that friendship I saw develop on Real World Austin. And I remember when that developed, uh, my co-host here was wondering, you know, At what point did you knew that Wes was going to be your best friend for life? Hmm. For life? (laughs) I didn't Uh, say it in those words, but... (laughs) (laughs) I think that when I've met Danny, I was like, oh, this dude seems cool. And it seems like we may be relatable. But I think when me and Wes first initially met each other, we both had the same reaction. Because when I saw Wes, I was like, oh, shit, I'm on the real world. And then when he saw me and he looked at my hair, he was like, oh, shit, this is going to be fun. So I think like when we both met each other, there was already that chemistry initially. And I don't know. And, you know, we both went unspoken with saying that initially. It came up later. But I think that. You know, that chemistry was there in the beginning, but I think probably after the show mm-hmm. is when I knew that he was going to be like a friend for life because I had no idea what that show was going to do. I didn't know where it was going to lead, but me and him ended up in living in the same city after. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Now, one thing that I found interesting, because I kind of did a little research, and I didn't realize that you was on maybe, what, four challenges? Yeah. You won one, and I was like, wow, I did not know that. I thought you was in more. And I was like, man, I've been watching this thing for so long, I kind of run everybody's numbers together sometimes. But what I also found out, your record is three and three. You got three uh, elimination wins, three elimination losses. I said, you still 500 player you know if you would go back into the game today do you think you would be successful or not successful 
Well, personally, I feel like I've only lost one time. Okay. Personally. Uh-huh. I lost one time fair and square head up to Evan. Oh yeah, I remember that. And uh the duel. Yeah. The duel two. That was the only head up time that I ever like fair and square lost. My first elimination was against Big Easy. Right. And that one was a weird situation. It was the first time that they even did that one because what happens when you go on the challenge, they'll have elimination rounds, but in the very beginning, they haven't tested them out because people haven't gone through them yet. Mm-hmm. So we were the first ones to do that one. So mm-hmm. that that one, first of all, uh, I said a higher amount of watermelons mm-hmm. and stopped me and was like, hold on, because he said he could do this many, he gets to lift it. I didn't get a chance to try to counter lift it. I didn't get anything. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was a matter of if this guy could lift this very small amount, because what they realized after that was that that was not a lot of watermelons. So right. the next time they actually added more. So we were the testers for that. And they realized 50 watermelons ain't nothing. So mm-hmm. I was almost like a guinea pig in that situation, you know? And also, I didn't even get to counter lift. Right. Because the way that the game was supposed to go was you guys keep saying the number until it gets to a crazy number that the person doesn't think that you can lift and they tell you to prove it. The mm-hmm. game wasn't who can guess how many watermelons are there. So right. then whoever guesses, you get the prove. No, I said the higher amount. Right. So I said the higher amount. It should have been me who got the chance to lift it. Right. Uh, so that one was a fluke. I don't really look at that one as like a real loss. Okay. Uh, yeah, those are weird. I saw the one. Um, now I'm kind of, you know, new to the game, as Robert would say, to watching the challenge. But I had seen just last night the uh, the one, the watermelon weight, and it was Tyler versus Johnny. And it, <laughs> I was like, seriously, this is it? This is all that we're basing it on, <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I like it better now, where it's like actually based on you know, strength, endurance. And so it's multiple things, not just, can you do this? Right. And, and my first loss. So, yeah. Yeah. And also you was there when the whole CT and DM uh, thing start to blossom, you know, how that went. So what, what was your thought when you saw that? Uh, when I saw that, them blossoming? Yeah, you know, the CT and DM. It was uh, it was really nice to watch in person. Mm-hmm. It was really nice to watch in person. It was, you know, you have pretty much a story made for television. You know, you have like this, this tanned out hunk. You know, you have like this beautiful girl in, you know, this very, very sad situation. Yet they're still able to find love, even though they both are very opposite. And uh, knowing what she was going through. Right. And, you know, like my cousin, my female cousin passed away from cancer, too. So at that time, I know how important it is to just feel normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not have to worry about this or this or this. So one of the best ways for that to take your mind off of that is love. And the fact that she 
got to find it, especially in a place like that, and also got to be in such a beautiful house like that. You know, it was uh, it it was very very nice to watch. Yeah, definitely that R.I.P. Um, to Dim. Uh, I got a chance to meet her once at Missouri State University. Alicia, she actually was there. Uh, she came. She gave a, a powerful speech, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And I mean, she was a person that was full of life, that uh, enjoyed being uh, alive, and wanted to always help other people. So she always said, "You know, live life to the fullest." And she showed lived her life to the fullest. And uh, definitely, that was uh, a beautiful thing to see because we pretty much watched that on TV. Unless uh, you probably you still new to the game, so. You really got to go back and look at where that started from. And he was there at the beginning. And also, that was Johnny's first um, season, matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken. And he yes, yes. Right out the gate. So uh, the six wins didn't come until later on. So I want to rewind. I want to fast forward because we're going to jump around a little bit because I'm a huge fan of Rivals. I know it was a lot. I know we talked a lot when we were in Denver. But um, during that time, I remember the whole duel, too, because I remember when CT punched out Adam and he ended up going home. And the next day they bring in, sure enough, Nehemiah and MJ. When you guys, when you two, I'm going to go to duel two first and then we're going to talk about rivals because I want to get in a little deep, deep conversation with that because I love rivals. But when y'all came into the house and duel two. What was you thinking and who was you like, how was you trying to get yourself to the end? That's what I kind of want to know. Uh, Cause I, we know it uh, didn't, you know, you kind of didn't make it to the end if I'm correct, but you had a pretty decent season that year, but you came in right after the whole CT and um, Adam fiasco. Right. I did not expect to make it to the end at all. Really? No, nah, not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. That was season well stacked because you had Brad, you had uh, Landon, you had uh, Kenny, if I'm not mistaken. Was Mark in that? Was Mark Long? Mark Long. Yeah, and you had uh, Big B. So you had a lot of hard hitters. But when y'all got into the house, uh, was there any discussion about the whole um, CT and Adam situation? Just, yeah, they walked us through each scene <laughs> graphically. <laughs> They're like, so in this room, this is where this happened. And then he smashed him here and then here. Look, there's some blood on this wall. Look, and then come here. So pretty much, yeah, they were very excited to uh, to, to show us why we were there. And and I mean, it was brewing because uh, during real world, I mean, Adam and CT was going at it like it, it wasn't nothing. And I mean, it, it it was bound to happen, especially CT was going. He wasn't in the right uh, frame of mind to be on that season anyway. So fast forward to Rivals. Um, TJ has his accident. He comes back on the scene. He introduces uh, everybody. And you find out you paired up with Evan. Tell me where does that rival come from? That rival comes from the duel, too. I kind of figured that. So uh, walk us through um, what was going through your mind when he announced that you and uh, Evan was going to be partners for the season. Did you think uh, that y'all would make it to the end? 
Or did you think that, you know, with CT in play, you know, everybody, it seemed like everybody was scared of CT. And, you know, they wanted to get CT out, which was the uh, overall plan. And in the end, they ended up losing right before going to the final. But uh, I that loss came from Adam because he couldn't get up the hill and, and place the ball into the thing the last minute. So I blame that loss on, on him, not on CT. But it's a team effort. What what was going through your mind this whole season? Like you were prepared to go to the final this season. Did you know this was your last season as well? No, I didn't know that was my last season as well. I uh, prepared. I thought that we had a very very strong chance of making it to the end because we already had all the votes. The only mm-hmm. thing we had to do was just make sure that if we ended up getting into an elimination round, which would have been very difficult. The only way that would have happened is if we would have got last in uh, a challenge, which wouldn't have happened. So we could have we could have skated very well to the final, is what I thought. Do you think? Now, if if that if that scenario happened, if Evan doesn't throw that challenge, do you think that y'all would have had a strong opportunity to go to the final during that time? I think we had a strong opportunity to win the final. Okay. So, because then you had, okay, let's keep the, the rookies in play. You had Leroy and Michael. You know, we, we saw how strong Leroy was uh, in that ladder climb on the helicopter. At some point, y'all would have had to throw them in. They didn't, honestly, that whole season, they didn't see uh, an elimination because, you know, West and uh, Kenny was going to the uh, elimination like every other day. Uh, and they didn't plan it that way. It just, that's where the chips was laying and they were ended up going to the elimination. If Wes and Kenny went against Leroy and Mike, do you think they would have won easily? Depends on what it was. But I think that Wes and Kenny would have won. Okay. Okay. So when you get into them big lights, it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. When you're in that elimination round, that's the big lights. That's the big show right there. That's a whole different thing. And when you've been there, you go in there with a different mentality versus when you haven't. And then not only that, but you got it's a whole different people. People freeze up. Right. Like, have you ever not been ready for an elimination? Whenever you've been the like the chosen one, have you ever not prepared? Like kind of like Wes was um, recently this year, he wasn't prepared uh, for the challenge that he that he was running up against. So, uh, was there ever a moment that was like that for you? I think that um, my first challenge, I didn't know how to prepare, and the duel two, I didn't prepare at all. So mm-hmm. I knew I was going to lose for sure. I got the call a day notice. Hey, can you fly to New Zealand tomorrow? And I was working, I was working on the television show and I was working behind the scenes. So I was working, um, what was it like 12 hour days for the last three months. So no working out, no anything. So when they called me for this, it was just like, oh shit, yeah, I guess I can go. And I remember we were on location, something. I remember there was this hill and I was like, let me try to run up this hill. And I remember running up the hill and that shit was hard. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I had kind of wondered, you know, how far in advance did they let you know that you're actually going to be on the show? And that just goes to 
goes to say that, you know, that you could be called <laughs> the day before and there you go. You're not thinking that you're going to be in a competition, but here you go. <laughs> That's why you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's not, but there's no excuse. You have to, but the challenge is one of those things that one of the ways of staying ready is staying in communication with the cast members outside of the show. Mm-hmm. And so, I was never that good at that. So, so whenever you're off, the show so off season um do you still you know work out the same that you would as you would on the on the challenge no i don't it's how different is it it's like a fighter when Mm. a fighter gets a call they they have eight to 12 weeks to prepare so in that preparation is much different than when they're working out outside of a fight so it's the same with the challenge so when you're preparing for the challenge, now you're getting your miles up and, you know, you go from just your regular, just average two miles just for your workout to getting your miles up to 10, 20 miles, being able to run and that type of stuff. So you, it's, you're training for something. So mainly you, you worked on your running. What other skills did you work on? For which one? Um, for- one time, <laughs> the one that I won, see, because this is how it went for me. I, I did the duel. I didn't know anything that was my very first challenge right i took out kenny in record time right and my very first elimination right record time didn't hesitate nothing did right. my second elimination i got bullshitted out by easy right yeah. Yeah. then there's a challenge that i don't get called for mm-hmm. right then there's another challenge and then I do get called for that one. So then you have, I have a whole gap of challenge when a lot of these people got called for the next one too. So they go from challenge, training, being in mode, then back to challenge, training, being in mode. So I have almost a whole year, pretty much a whole year in between one challenge and the next challenge because that's how they were filming them back then. Mm-hmm. So once I learned from the duel, I had the gauntlet three. That was my next challenge. And then I won that one. Right because I prepared differently than I did for the other one. Um, This preparation when I trained very differently. I trained just like, I'm huge into fighting. So I trained for it like it was a fight. I treated it just like a fight camp where I I viewed challenges, looked at all different types of stuff. Um, Then my third challenge was the duel two where I got called one day notice. Right. Then my fourth challenge was the rivals, and then Evan threw the only elimination round that we were in. Right. So that was kind of, and I trained very hard for the rivals, which is why I was upset, because I knew that I was in the same shape that I was in for the gauntlet. And I knew that I was ready to do a final and win. So in your typical training, then for the, whenever you do have um, a lot of time in advance to know, do you do uh, training every single day or do you, you know, do it every other day or? For me, I was training six days. Wow. Six days with a rest day. And six days for how long each day? Um, I was doing two a days. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was doing two a days. Like I really treated it like a fight. And then I had a, a very, very good personal trainer. This dude was um, in like his 50s and, and was still, he's ripped still to this day. You know what I mean? You can get a personal trainer who's in their 
early 20s. Anyone can look great in their early 20s, but you get someone in right. their late 50s and it's like, yeah, do you know, and he put me through it. So his training was awesome. Shout out to Terry Bachman. He was really a very good thing. And then a um, bunch of puzzles and shit, you know, and a lot of boxing and stuff like that. But the challenge so are, was, Go ahead. I was just saying the challenge was different then than it is now. Mm-hmm. Right, very. It, se- it seems that way for the first couple of ep- episodes that I've been watching, even just in the er- earlier episodes, even that third episode. Um, let's see. I'm sorry, like seasons like 15 and 20. I've been looking at those and not the very first season. So it's so weird like to see even just how the, the television, the quality of TV then too, because it, it, it's not not high definition at all, and <laughs> things are blurry, you know. So it's just it's interesting how things change, you know, over time. I'm sure that you know that, and and film, and that's you know kind of kind of what like me, you, and Robert. What we all have in common is that we like media. We're well, I know me myself. That's what I majored in was mass media studies. So we all have that thing going in common. But nice. yeah, it, it, <laughs> yes, and. Uh, Let's see. Um, as far though, let's go back like to the to the workouts. Um, so then, now and you're since you're during the off season, how regularly now do you work out? Now, yes. Um, Is it zero or <laughs> once a week? <laughs> zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? I work a lot, but um, definitely not zero. I would say that if I were to average, I average about seven to eight months of working out a year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a lot or a little bit? That's a little bit to me. In my opinion, that's a little bit. I work out like every day. I'd say one or two hours. You still got to pay. Yeah, I see you. He's got to be doing something, you know. He's working out. Yeah, I work he's, out. Like he's probably doing those just arm exercises, you know, <laughs> yeah, do this. for a, a minute, three minutes, you right. know. <laughs> he's like, Damn. Uh, I work out on the track, so I don't have to get ready. So I'm actually uh, participating in the Spartan race, and it's been drama getting ready for it, and especially going to the place. It's been drama. So uh, I'm still in my last phase of drama right now. When I'm I'm still kind of scrambling, but I'm getting everything together because I leave tomorrow afternoon. So I'm glad it's an afternoon flight, but I don't get into L.A. until 12 a.m. So I'm not happy about that. But I had to roll with the punches. I said, I, one way or the other, I'm getting there so I could try out for this thing. So wait, wait, uh, what are you trying out for? You know, for you know, they uh, made an announcement on uh, Challenge MTV for. You know, casting calls. So I'm gonna roll the dice and go out there and and see if I can get on or not. So um, that's why I'm actually going out there for the sporting races. Uh, this is something that I'm gonna probably end up. I'm gonna probably do it one more year. But I've been putting my body through hell. <laughs> so after this weekend, I'm taking a week off, rejuvenate, recover, and then I'm back at the gym the following week. So uh, I work out on the regular. I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. So uh, I'm excited about it though, um, especially going through the the process of this now. It's been it's been interesting, but I've been learning a lot just about the Spartan races, what I need to do to prepare. Because um, when I was in um, uh, Challenge Mania Live Chicago uh, the week before last, 
I talked to Brad. Brad was like, yeah, you might want to, you know, make sure you do a lot of squats and all that. So I had already did a lot of that. And then you're going to be carrying stuff on your shoulders and stuff. So I'm ready for that part. So I'm excited, man. So, um, and good luck to you, Robert. I, I do want to ask Nehemiah, though, what advice that he would give to you yeah. since you're going well, in. What, what do, would you give to me to prepare? To try out for the challenge? Yeah. Hmm. Be authentic. Okay. You know, it's um, I did a bunch of castings for, you know, the show when I got off. And you you see through people who put on an act instantly. Right. And it's not a good look. And normally it's the same act over and over again. Uh, the girls put on the same act. The guys put on the same act. So it's like when you're authentic and that's pretty much, that's what I did. I was just authentic. I didn't go in there thinking that they wanted to see something. I just went in there and just gave them me. And I think that's the most important thing. That's good advice too. So, I want to. I, like I definitely want to ask you about Carmen Real. What's your take on her? Because it's been a lot of, um, a lot of people who's been turned off uh, about her at this point. Um, especially when I was in Chicago, I kind of got a feel for. A lot of people are tired of Cara. She's now become a villain, in my opinion. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself a villain. And we're at that stage with Carl Maria, and I'm I'm glad she's taking her time off. But I love Carl Maria to the death. I can't really say anything bad about her, but I I have started to notice I have kind of agreed with some of the the haters out there that yeah maybe it's time for her to take a break. But again, I still got unconditional love for the girl. I can't I can't talk bad about it. All I can see is the positive, and she's still one of the strongest females. But what do you think of Carl Maria since you've played with her inside the game? And what's your take on her? Hmm. My take on Kara is that <clears throat> she turned what could have been something very small into something huge. And she took a very, very small opportunity that she was given off fresh meat which most people have already been forgotten about from that season. Right. And she did, which was very hard to do, and that was she shined in the light of all of these other people who are already celebrities and then all these people who are competing to try to be celebrities. So that's a very, very hard thing to do. So villain, hero, whatever you are, People need one or the other. And if you're not either or, then you're forgettable. And that's what I was. I wasn't either or. I wasn't a villain or a hero. I was just chilling. And I was neither or, you know. And for that type of game, you don't want to be the hero for too long. Because more people will pay to watch you fall than to watch you succeed. And I think that's where Johnny Bananas comes into play. Because now, at this point, you know, everybody, you know, still has their take on him. What's your take on Johnny Bananas? How how he has been able to take a small thing as well and turn it into something big? I think that Johnny, 
I think it's the same, you know, with him and Kara. I think that since he was on the real world, it was a little bit easier for him. And um, I think that I'm very, very happy for anyone who's able to use this platform for and gain success outside of it. I'm very happy for everyone who's able to do that. And kudos to them because it's very hard because there is no template there, you know, not that I know of, you know, um, that's given to you on how to extend this. You get thrown into this environment and then you just get let loose and you just kind of have to fend for yourself. There is no guidebook on how to get calls for more challenges, how to navigate through the television world. So to be able to do that is a very, very hard task. So anyone who's able to do that, you know, kudos to them because it's difficult. So Johnny, you know, good for him. I haven't watched enough challenges with Carl or Johnny to get tired of them. So I only see them when I see him in, in, in real life. But, you know, I have nothing bad to say about Johnny. Me and him have never had any issues. I think that the way that he plays the game is perfect. And there's obviously something about his character that um, people want to see because of what he's been able to do outside of it. And the same with Carl. There's something about her that people love to where she's able to extend this. So um, kudos to both of them and ride this shit to the motherfucking wheels fall off. You, you want to be on this shit until people, until you want people to be tired of you. That means you're making money. If nobody's tired of you, that means they're not seeing you. They're not seeing you. That's not money in your pocket. So Have you, have you been able to watch then some, of, some of this season at all then? I'm going to be real. I didn't even know what was on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you failed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh gosh. Wait a minute. I'm going to break it down for y'all right now. <laughs> I'm in the middle of building two businesses. Okay. Um, I, just, I just moved like my office and home space and everything, which was like a two to three month process. Um, I don't even have television really. And most of what I watch on TV are fights because that is something that I'm going to be invested in. So I seriously don't have the time to watch it. Like, because if I do have a small fraction of time, the way that I watch TV is with my laptop on my lap, the TV in the background, and I'll just look up every once in a while. But I literally work from the time that I wake up up until the time that I go to sleep. So I didn't even know that this one was on. And it's a bad thing because I should be caught up with them, which I'm going to binge watch. I'm going to sit and binge them for like the next, when I get some time, that's going to be the next one I'm going to watch. I'm going to binge them, catch up on everybody, see these new characters. Because, you know, um, I mean, I think, I think it's time. I think I want to do another one. But, you know, I feel old, but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I did my real world at such a young age. Right. You know, like, I'm only 34 right now. Right. The 30s are the best years of their life, they say, hey. right? Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm 37. See what I'm saying? So it's like here, but this is the prime, you know. And I know more about the challenges now. I understand them more because I've been working television for the last ever since I stopped doing the challenges. I didn't stop doing television. I just started working behind the scenes. So I've been working behind the scenes all the way up until this point. 
And um, well, we should feel pretty privileged that you came then on our show since you haven't had time to watch TV or the challenge that you came on our show. So I thank you so much. Yeah, you asked him. I was like, dude, I don't even got internet yet. Like, I just moved. I was like, where was the last time you talked? Kudos to you. Oh, and by the way, I do love Kara. So when Paulie and if they ever break up, yeah. Right. You hear me? I mean, we on the same wavelength. Oh, no, no, no. I'm next. But me and Kara, we have a special bond. Me and her, we have a special bond. Yeah, I do. What uh when's the last time you talked to Wes? When you talked to your boy? When's the last time you talked to your boy? I talk to Wes all the time. Okay, so um tell ask Wes this. Is he gonna be mentally prepared to go back into the game? Because when he went into the elimination, when you watch this, I was like, where's Wes at? Wes had disappeared. I mean, and, and I said this in one of my uh podcasts later on. I said where is the dog inside of Wes? He used to have it, but I don't know what he was thinking where he thought he was safe, and they ended up throwing him in, and he looked horrible. I mean, i never seen nothing like it before. He's been in a ton of elimination, and I said, this is not the Wes I'm used to seeing because, uh, hands down, it was like I'm not mentally in the game. So... Uh, ask him where he at mentally when next time he goes to the challenge because I, I would like to see the old West come back <laughs> and beat these guys if he's surprised going in so what you come in you fight and you come back to the house and win some money so I was kind of looking so from a fan standpoint that's one of the hardest things that happens when you get on television is that you have these unrealistic expectations that you have to live up to to the fans. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you perform high at a certain level, that expectation stays there. So anytime you perform low, now it's like, where is that person? But that's what life is all about. Life is all about highs and lows. The only difference between us and you is that you guys get to see our highs and lows on television. So if most of the time you're seeing our highs because that's the way it's edited and then you get a low point, it's like, whoa, what happened to that person? Nothing happened to that person. That's just a side of that person that maybe doesn't get shown often or maybe the world doesn't get shown often. So that's one of the things that we have to do when we're, when we're watching TV is we have to remember is that there has to be this balance. Cara can't always be the sweet person because the sweet person at some point is going to yell, snap, slap somebody, do something at some point. And to everyone, they, they may not seem sweet. To this group of people, they may seem sweet because that's their perception of what sweet is. To this group of people, they may call that fake, phony, whatever the case may be. So it's really all perception. So as us as cast members, we can't live up to all of those expectations because we're normal. You right. guys watch me from the age of 19 all the way up to the age of 25. Those are my highest growing years as a human being. So I'm going through this wave of trying to understand my identity. Who am I? What religious path do I like? What career path do I like? All of this thing. But I'm doing it in front of you guys as an audience. You know what I mean? You guys are seeing this. So you're seeing me go from 19 years old, Nehemiah, who is like, all praying on the Bible when Danny's mom died to the next challenge up in um, Costa Rica where I have my stage burning, I'm meditating, I'm doing this. So you guys are like, whoa, that's weird. What's happening here? You know what I mean? What happened to the old Nehemiah? Well, there was some time in between challenges and I did some soul searching and some growth and all of this. So you guys see me one time on this season and I've grown. Maybe there was a year in that time. 
and I've grown exponentially in that amount of time. So you see me at this point, now you see me here, and now I'm a different person. It's because there's been a gap since you guys have seen me. And there's been growth. Sometimes there is no growth in between a person. Sometimes they they go backwards in life. So when you see them, they're in the worst position because they've been drinking. Their life has been shit. They're addicted to the challenges, whatever the case may be. And it starts to show in their performance. So those are the kind of things that kind of happen psychologically with us on the outside of it that a lot of people don't ever get to see. Mm-hmm. I like Thank that. you so much, though. Yes. Well, I like that. For bringing that up. Yeah. Because... You know, whenever it comes to, you know, reality TV, they just want to show you what you want to see, as you said earlier, and not go into the realism of actually what was going through Wes's mind, because this is my thoughts. I I mean, on Wes, I still think that he he's in it. I still think that he's got the power. You know, I mean, it's just like you and me, you know, we have our days of, of doing good and doing bad. So, you know. I mean, we're allowed to have those days, but we just, you know, it is true that we do expect them to be higher up there, you know, because we don't want them to fail, you know. So I, I'm a strong, I'm a strong West fan. So um, all, all the people that are saying this is a West scheme and this and that, I'm like, I like his schemes. You know, he, he also knows how to play the game. So he's one of the best players. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he is, uh, but they're catching on to that, and, and and it's it's time for him and Johnny to switch up their game if they want to make it long term. Well, Johnny first needs to change his game up if he want to make it to another final, because Ashley made it to a final before he did, and the last final he went to was Rivals Three, so that even showed you. West went to a final before Johnny, and he came back, and he was already, I think, his first season back, if I'm not mistaken, when he came in Water World. So uh, West definitely is still one of the best, in my opinion. Uh, Love and Death saw him in um, uh, Challenge Mania Live Chicago in February, so kind of got the rap with him. Uh, Nehemiah, we actually met in uh, Challenge Mania Live Denver. That's where we originally met uh, at, and I sent him a message, and I was glad he did have him on this evening. Definitely catching up old times, getting the challenge perspective versus a fan perspective, and he broke that down. I, I, I definitely like that part. Um, what's one thing that do you still get calls to, to be on the challenge? I'm curious. No, I haven't gotten calls in a while. I think what happened was is that um, I could be wrong. But one thing that happens is that our characters become characters in their story. And I think one of the things that happened was that my character also got intertwined with Evan's character. Mm. So that was one of the main people who my character had any connection to. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause when me and Wes were on challenges, right. you know, it was never like team Wes and Nehemiah. Right. You know, so they never ever needed to add, like whether I was on the challenge with Western Night, it didn't change anything. So once Evan got, you know, booted off the challenges, my character was intertwined with that. So it was kind of like, and then, and then uh, Leroy came around Mm. and um, who else, who came after me? 
Leroy, uh, Leroy, Leroy, Leroy came around and he did very, he did very good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a while since I got a call, but I've been, I've been open to him. I've done, I pretty much got my career and stuff in order over these last, these last years. I've built a hell of a resume in so many different fields. I've learned so much. Um, I took time to like grow as a person. I didn't get addicted to the challenges. One of the things that happened as a cast member is that you wait for that next call. Right. And if you don't get that call, it puts you into a certain feeling, you know, um, and sometimes you don't feel good enough or whatever the case may be. You start going through all the stuff in your head and it's not a good feeling when you don't get the call when everyone else is age, you get the call, you get the call. Or when you do get the call and you got to talk to your friend and they didn't get it. And you're like, you know, you're hoping that they get it, but they don't. You know what I mean? So it's like that whole that whole process um, can be emotionally draining um, and difficult and strenuous on the psyche as a person because, you know, you're dealing with a production company who, in a sense, are giving you a feeling of whether you're adequate enough mm-hmm. and you're allowing their decision on if they choose you or not to have such a bearing on you that you can feel like either you're good or you're not good based off of whether they choose you and how they feel about you. So that's one of the hardest things that happens when you get caught up into a show like this is, you know, it, it can play on your psyche. And I was able to grow from that to where if I never, ever, ever do another challenge, it would never change anything in my life ever again. And that's a good position to be in because a lot of people can't break from that, even though they want to, you know, because you'll do a challenge and people will be on there and the cameras may, they don't, they may not air, but like, this is my last challenge. This is my last challenge. Like you get people saying that all the time, but they can't get away. They can't get away. They're addicted to that. They're addicted to that lifestyle. It's very hard to break back into regular life. Needing if unless you're an entrepreneur, that means that you have to go work for somebody. Now you got someone telling you where you need to be. You're not doing appearances. And also you have to ask someone for permission to even go and do these appearances. So now it puts you in a crazy position in life to where it's like if I adapt back to regular life, I could lose everything with this. But the regular life is much more stable and I may never get another call. So you get stuck in this limbo period mm-hmm. and it happens to a lot of people. And I was able to break away from that. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And I was able to adapt to regular life. And I mean, in the last in the last years, I've I've lived like three different lifetimes already to where like I've done so much and I've experienced so much. And, you know, like my life is good either way. And I feel like if anyone ever goes on television, that's the way that you should be. And that's the way to be able to defeat all of the hard things that come along with being in the television limelight because it changes you as a person and not necessarily always in a good way, you know, and it's not something that you can prepare for. So the stronger you are as a person going into that, the better you are going to be out of that because that's what really matters. It's not that little bit of time that you're on the show. It's what happens after. What type of person are you after? Are you a stronger and better person after doing this? Or did going into this experience fuck you up so much that you need so much amounts of therapy, so much amounts of time away from the world, so many things that happen, you know, doing a show like this where you're isolated? Mm-hmm. So... um my question is this, uh, being on television, has it helped you? Because you said you was able to break away mm-hmm. and help you um, get to where you were going. 
if being on television did it help me get to where I was going yes I think so because I think that everything that we all experience is what's meant for us to experience and the things that I learned from the show were things that helped me in my personal life being able to sit back and watch myself on television and see aspects of my personality that I didn't like and that I didn't even know were there because I'm always first person ego view of things. It was really good to be able to step away and see that and be like, oh, damn, I wouldn't want to be like that. Oh, shit, I said that to Rachel. Oh, damn, that's not nice. I would never say that to be able to sit back and watch. So, you know, I, I was able to grow, but it also messed me up in some ways mentally because I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for for being a celebrity. I had no idea what it was going to be like to go from being this regular person that no one would care about who walked into a room to now everyone cares that you are there. But not the fact that it's happened and the fact that you went from this to this in such a very short period of time is that there was no gap. It didn't gradually to where one person recognized you one month and a couple of months later, no, 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 you go from no one recognizing you until one day everybody recognizes you. And it happened to me in a Walmart and the first time that someone recognized me, it never stopped, ever. And it was like, <laughs> deal with that. You know what I mean? Right. That is a strange thing for a human being to have strangers know about you and know about your life. Not only that, but want to come up and engage with you about it. You know what I mean? Most humans don't ever experience that. You won't have a stranger come up to you and be like, hey, remember when uh, when uh, you was out there with your mom and you guys, you know, she said some shit that made you cry? How you feeling about that? You good? <laughs> You're going to be like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know? I'm dead. Uh, when, I was in, when I was in grad school, this is a true story. So uh, I was in L.A. for about six months and I ended up coming back after I got into an accident out there to St. Louis. Um, I was in my grad school and I remember, I, I kid you not, I'm, I'm the only guy in the, the class. It's all female. Uh, and I was telling them, you know, I, I've been in some background for a television film because I was in over 30 shows plus one film, which is Due Date. You see me in the very beginning when I'm running across the screen and then you see me walking uh, to go get my luggage. And um, I told this one girl, I said, it's one show that I could not find for the life of me. And I can't remember which show it was, but I said, I think it was um, um, The Mentalist. I said, I was in The Mentalist. I was in like the beginning. You see my face clear as day. So. The next day I came, I mean, the next day when I go back to class, she was like, oh, yeah, I did. I saw you on The Mentalist as I was watching it the other night and I saw you. And I was like, really? And I was like, I forgot I was on there. But I ended up finding it. And it's like a ton of stuff out there that I'm still looking for that I haven't even found yet. But I found some of the stuff that I've been in. And it just amazes me how many people recognize you outside of that. But that's just a small example, you know. Uh, but, you know, doing something like that, that big being on MTV platform, you 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 utilize your platform for the good, especially if you didn't like, OK, you're not doing any more challenges over here. You created something behind the scenes. You know, that's something definitely, uh, definitely worth talking about. Um, but um, who you think? Go ahead, Alicia. I was just going to throw in there. What do you have like a worst experience with a fan? <clears throat> worst experience with a fan. 
Um, like in what way worse? Well, what you considered to be bad experience, just like, oh, this is going to be a bad situation kind of thing. Like, it's creepy. Oh, creepy. Bad, um, creepy, or just... Yeah, I've had a bunch oh, of those. You don't like, like the, the girls back in the day? <laughs> yeah, that shit was fun. It was fun that creepy. <laughs> See, because things that girls can get away with, men can't. You know yeah. what I mean? Like... <laughs> I'm out in New Mexico and I was like doing a girls going wild show and some girl was like, I drove, four. she was like, I drove two hours here just to see you. Now for men, flip the tables. Now if a girl is up doing her thing and the man comes up and he's like, I drove two and a half hours just to see you. You know what I'm saying? It's like a whole different, it's like some, it's like some other shit. So, you know, men, you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, man, we, we just want the attention. Um, but um, I've had uh, I've had some very crazy experiences, yeah. I've had some really bad experiences that were like negative experiences with like racism and guys trying to fight me and stuff like that, you know, because I'd be doing experience, I'd be doing um, like uh, gigs in some of the most bumfuck places in the world you know what I mean like and it'll be me and then I'm there solo and sometimes I'll be the only black person at the town scene in a long time and I'm there and then like I got all these girls on me from the town and then you got this group of dudes who are all pissed off because of it you know so there's been so many situations that I had to learn how to de-escalate you know um you know, being in Mexico, fighting on the bus, so many crazy, so many, so many crazy. It was rock star life. I mean, it was like from the age of 19 up until like, up until like two years ago or three years ago when I started to, you know, really focus on my businesses. You know, it was a lot of rock star crazy times, hotels, experiences. I did seven spring breaks in a row. Um, Girls gone wild. Girls gone wild for for two weeks, stayed on the bus. Um, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been fun, <laughs> been a fun <laughs> ride. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had some creepy shit, but <laughs> just so, like some of the things, like you know, I mean, because a lot of people, like no matter what it, no matter what they they do. I mean, I hope that, you know, I'm not creepy in that aspect, you know, whenever it comes to the fitness marshal, he is my idol. I love him to death. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's laughing over there. He's dead (laughs) on the floor right now. But the fitness marshal, he is my idol for real. Like he has these workouts that are fun and they have fun dances. And so he came to St. Louis and I mean, I wasn't, you know, being a, Fan girl per se, but I did I did put in money to be on the stage because I knew the dances and I got chosen to be up on the stage and I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? I'm gonna be up on the stage dancing and so, but like now because I'm unforgettable and I'm just awesome, like I. <laughs> so it's actually a cool experience because then I kind of help him out in a way because then I always am tagging him and my post so a lot more people know about him now because of me. So, um, but no, his his people are are really cool. He's got. The Booty Army, if you want to join, I've always tried to get Robert to, to join the Booty Army, but <laughs> hey, go to YouTube, Booty Army Elite, do it. Robert, is that your house? 
Uh, yeah, I'm in my apartment right now. Uh, my place is actually a mess because I'm like packing right now. <laughs> is so it? Did yeah. you choose that dresser? Huh? Yeah, my actually my old ass <laughs> dresser, huh? No, my mom picked it. It's actually a really good one. And because when we went furniture shopping, I said, look, just pick the furniture because I'm not good at picking furniture. <laughs> my mom was like, you, this one is a good furniture. I want you to have this. When I'm gone, you can have this as long as, you know, whenever. So I said, cool. So I got it when we went to the furniture place. So thank you, mama. I appreciate you for that and one. Is that Britney Spears on your wall? Uh, oh, my gosh, it is. No. no. That's that Challenge Mania Chicago from February. That's, that's the what? what? Uh, Challenge Mania Live, Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn, yeah. you're a fan for real. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I've been following. Damn. I've been, you a yeah. fan for real. Hey, I'm going to tell you, man. I'm going to be real. It's, it's weird talking to fans. You know what I'm saying? It's so weird to me because it's like, <laughs> damn, it's so weird because to me it's just like, it's an experience that I'm on the other end so far. Uh-huh. I could never understand what it was like to be a fan of this show. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I know what it's like to be a fan of other shows. Right. Like uh, Sons of Anarchy, you know, like shit like that I go crazy for. So I can get the whole fan aspect of a show. But when I think of this show, it's just so crazy that there are fans out there that like it that much that yeah. would like fly to the events, hang the pictures on a wall. I thought it was Britney Spears. It looked like the Britney Spears concert. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's no, but he's got that in the other room. So I got, <laughs> uh, I got uh, some other posters that I got to get framed because I'm a frame nose. But to be a fan on this end, you got to remember. I've been watching this since I was a kid, man. So it goes back to real world because I remember when the real world first started, that was a big thing. And then when it started to grow, I I saw the changes because, you know, we went from watching it on TV, then social media took over and everybody started to hit, you know, the Twitters because I think you came in towards the end when Twitter started to really take off. And then uh, once I started doing that, I said, this is kind of cool that you kind of uh, talk about the show as you watch it. And I thought that was another aspect that I could do. And I start doing it and I still do it on a regular, but I haven't been able to do it like I want to because I've been busy with my own personal stuff that I got going on. And then when I get a chance to sit down and watch, I can't miss it because it's my escape from my reality for that hour or hour and a half. And then I'm cool. So uh, it's definitely, it definitely took me out of a deep depression when I came back from L.A. because I almost fell into a deep depression. Uh, and what saved me was baseball and the challenge. Mm-hmm. So I stayed watching it. Then uh, once I got wind that Derek had his own podcast, I used to download all his uh, uh, podcast, listen to him when he had everybody on. And then I remember uh, when he had TJ on for the first time after his accident. And uh, that was an interesting conversation that they had. I still have that podcast somewhere on my computer. And I'll go back and listen to it because that was a crazy time when TJ took that fall on that bike. Yeah. And I know a lot of y'all, what was going through y'all mind when, you know, uh, y'all didn't know who the host was going to be. And then when TJ come, everybody was cheering. So what? take me through that. And what was going through y'all mind when that, uh, when, uh, that challenge kicked off? 
it was uh you know hearing the news and never and not seeing him up until that point you know you just hear it and then you see the fall and it was just like you know a lot of people never recover again from that right type of situation you know like that's a very very hard situation to come back fully from yeah. you're gonna be missing some screw something's gonna be loose in that motherfucking noggin somewhere you know what i mean so for him to not only come back and then still be able to host we were all like it, you know it's like seeing your friend who survived something that they weren't expecting to right you know, he's a brother so it was it was good to uh you you want that for anyone close to you in that way so that was good but I got questions for y'all as fans. I'm more interested in y'all. Than, you know, my point of view is stupid, but you know, you guys are the ones who make the show. So I got I got the same question for both of you. Uh-oh. Uh, Robert, when you watch the show as a, as, as a uh, I, I don't prefer the term African-American, but do you, as you watch the show as a black male, do you watch the real world or the challenges to see what the black character is going to be and whether you relate to him and like him and then you judge whether how you feel about that season based off of that um or do you look at every single cast member equally wow that's actually a good question because i've never thought about it that way but no i never really did look at it for the black cast i looked at it for the entertainment aspect of it and what I mean by the entertainment aspect of it is who's on the show, what's going, what's the drama. That was my big thing when I was coming with the uh, real world. I wanted to see the drama. I wanted to see the pop party. Like, that's what I wanted to be part of. Now, I did get to experience that when I was younger, but I know that's not that that's not my life. I don't want to party like no more. I'm not even in that phase no more. But the real world was something that I was like, okay, I'm addicted to, but I didn't look at it like that. You know, I looked at everybody. I didn't look at everybody equally, per se. I looked at what other people's thoughts are, how they act, how they perceive you, uh, and especially you learn more about people when you start talking to people in the confessional. Those are the best time to really see what people really say about you so that's me personally so i don't know about alicia but alicia i don't know because you new to it what you think well i mean you know this is me coming from a small town i'm from a small town of about like three thousand, and they do not have i mean we had one african-american person in our grade that was it so i mean we didn't have you know, um, we didn't really en- encounter, you know, with different races a lot, you know. Um, so, but to me, just like watching the challenge, I mean, I did, I looked at everyone equally, me personally, just because, I mean, we are all on this earth. We all have one thing in common. Everybody on the challenge has one thing in common. They want to win, you know, and yeah. it, who who can win? Is it going to be the Brits? You know, that one of them right now that I, I couldn't stand was Bear. Uh, but I, I loved to hate him. But you'll see that whenever you catch on, on to that, <laughs> Nehemiah, because I'm just like, wow. But it's, <laughs> it's, funny. it's a love-hate relationship. Like, 
like Johnny is, you know, just like whenever they get off the show, I'm like, oh, I want to see them so bad. I miss them, you know, and I'm, it's everybody is is equal now. I mean, I will, you know, say some things like, oh, wow, you know, um, like this person would seems like to be more athletic, not and not just because of of their race, but I mean, because, you know, they get this harp for people thinking, you know, oh, well, the, the, he's a black guy or African-American, whichever way that is, you know, preferred. And because of that, he's going to be good at basketball or he's going to be good at baseball, you know. But as you can see, in, in any of those, there's there's both races in there, you know. Uh, they're, you know, they're all wanting to make wanting to make money. And it just, it's a sad thing out there. I, I do, me personally, this is getting off the challenge subject, but I did not like what was going on in the football world. I don't like football in general, but just like, just like making it seem like more than what it is in my opinion. Cause I'm just like, this is just a game, you know, but that that's just me. And then other people have to take it to an extreme and, and then call it racism whenever it wasn't meant to be racism or, but, you know, I, it's hard to say because, you know, growing up, you know, I was never, because, you know, I, I am white. I was never, you know, the, you know, the, the slavery back in the day, that kind of thing. I, I mean, I'm like, I'm sorry, I, you know, that, that was history, but it's today now. Today, things have changed. You know, you guys, you know, you guys are accepted. You know, we're all equal. You guys have jobs. We have jobs. You know, we're all on, on this earth. And if you look at it, there's a lot of shootings out there right now that are, that are white people <laughs> that are in St. Louis or that are the mass shootings. You know, go figure. So, <laughs> you know, so I mean, so um, go, but going back to the challenge, though, I, everybody is equal, you know, in, in that retrospect. And um, it's now Leroy, he's <laughs> making that he, face, Robert. Robert's making a face on you so much right now. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was trying. <laughs> Are you making a face about Lee or what? For the last, he been going. Let me tell you. What was that face for? It's tough being a black man in this world. I'm telling you, it's not. It's it's not easy. I'm gonna tell you, it's it's been it's been difficult. We got a lot that we have to fight and overcome a lot of barriers. Still, uh, I don't feel like everybody is equal. In my opinion, I look at everybody as equal, but I know in reality. Everybody's not equal. I see it every day in the school systems. Um, I can point it out to you like clearest day. And you be like, oh, really? I say, yeah. I just say, watch this. And I can point out all the people and I can break them down, each one of them. Now, I don't. And like I said, I don't judge anybody. Don't get me wrong. I don't. That's not my job. But I'm going to be a realist and tell you. Just because you view me like that and I, I, I'm thinking that I'm going to do my best to outperform the next man, you know, so uh, it's not easy. I'm just going for us as black men. It's not easy. And Nehemiah, <laughs> tell you, it's not easy. It's, he had he's had his struggles. I have my struggles. I still go through struggles. 
I'm fighting struggles right now. He's probably. Hey, I'm fighting struggles right now, too, you know. (laughs) But I'm with us being a color, it's it's a lot more difficult in a lot of areas that a lot of people are, you know, just sweeping under the rug. So you you can you can do that. But no, you don't you don't get it. Not unless you are in our um, in our situation, you know, because if you get pulled over, you got to think is this cop gonna shoot me or am I gonna drive away in handcuffs you know last time I got pulled over I kid you not this was months ago didn't say a word to the man I said it was no words exchanged I didn't exchange not one word he said can I see your license and your insurance card I gave him both didn't say nothing he came back he handed me my ticket didn't say nothing I put all my stuff up when he gave it to me. I made my, sure my hands was where he could see it and I didn't talk back. If he asked me a question, that's when I would answer it. So um, we in our situation, it's totally different. You know, you, you can sleep silent. We got to worry about a lot of things that can affect us, you know, especially with being pulled over just because you're driving while black because uh, that does happen. So um, Think about it. Also, driving and being a girl and a male being the yeah, the, the cop. I mean, there's a lot of things you know with that with that too. But I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know what all that you know you guys have to deal with. Just like you guys don't know what all that we we have to deal with as as well too. We have to deal with you know with what happened in the past or whatever is still you know whatever is still happening and you know. And those situations that happen out there in the news, you know, we don't know the whole story to that. You know, unfortunately, you know, we just see the bad side of it kind of just like on the challenge. We see the bad stuff on there because that's what, you know, people want us to see, you know, instead of the whole picture. We don't know all of the details. So why was that guy, you know, being shot? Was he being a threat? Was he, you know, doing this? Was he doing that? You got to ask yourself those questions. I don't know, but I'm just trying to relate it back to the challenge so we can get on a better subject than. <laughs> but that's, that's, the but that's, that's one of the issues with the challenge. a podcast is that they tend to be one topic, right? Challenge, 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 but right. more than the challenge, right? It's outside things that we bring to the challenge that make the challenge what it is. So these are the things that don't get asked a lot. We get asked mostly mm-hmm. just this stuff. So people don't ever get to know what type of people we are outside of it, what our views are, any of this. They just want to know what happened in that challenge house. But right. that challenge house was only two and a half to three months out of a whole year of things that we did out of our life. you know. And it's those times outside that make the challenge pop off because it's what we experienced then that we don't ever get asked about. You know, what was Wes going through that made him react like that on that elimination? It was something outside that one, the challenge never ever talks about because they never ask us questions outside of the challenge. So the fans automatically get caught in not asking us anything outside of the challenge. When they're so, I mean, the challenge, if, if, if you were to do an interview with the stuff that I know, to ask me about the challenge would almost be like, let me think. Um, let me think of a very good scenario. Um, let's just take uh, Tyler Perry, for instance, right? To ask me about the challenge would be to ask Tyler Perry only about his first play that he ever wrote. 
that's what it'll be about. It'll be like, yeah, well, I wrote this and this and this, and then I did this movie and then this, and I just opened up a studio. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, but um, but your first play, you know, it was great. And it was like, yeah, but you know what I've done outside of that, which is way greater. And you're like, yeah, 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 but the first play, you know what I mean? That's what it's like when you don't expand your horizons outside of the challenge. It's like you miss all of these other spectacular experiences and things and elements of the person's personality that we never get to see. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to talk to challenge people about things outside of the challenge. Yeah. Because look at what this sparked. This was a three-person thing that just actually sparked some emotion. There was emotion on your end and there was emotion on your end. That's what people want to see. Emotion. That's why you guys watch the challenge. You don't watch the challenge when someone has an elimination round and they don't give a fuck about it. They could care whether or not they do or not. That makes it not for good television. You care when they're emotionally invested in it. Right. That's, that's the reason why I don't really do a lot of interviews and stuff because there's no emotional investment in it. They don't they want to know about this, but they don't want to know about Nehemiah. And that's going to be a new element that you guys can start adding to the podcast, start knowing about that, because the things that I've done outside the challenge have been way greater. I went to Sri Lanka and shot a documentary and lived inside of an orphanage for for like a month and a half. To me, that was way greater than me beating Kenny on an elimination. That elimination only lasted 30 seconds. This experience lasted and had an impact on the rest of my life and how I see things and why I will go on the challenge differently now. It's those things that make, you know, so it's like those experiences that are great and that make us great people. And the thing is, is that the challenge, they don't ever talk about the outside stuff. This is, and the thing is, is that a lot of us now, they didn't do the real world. So you got that from us on the real world. But the real world has been taken out of that element. So now you're just getting these very small characters. Yeah. You're getting one to you're getting 30 seconds to one minute of a character per episode. Yep. And that's true. Getting, you know, so and that's what we're basing our whole opinion off of. And then when we meet that person, that's what we ask them about. That that 30 second to one minute excerpt about them. Yet there's so much more about them that is good and sometimes it's not i'm not gonna lie some of these challenge people are fucking boring it's like this is all that they have you can't talk to about i'm not gonna lie you cannot this is all that they know but when you get people who you who you can boom because what we just sparked right there between you two that was legit. Between my two, the two hosts, you got to see some chemistry between the two hosts. Your opinions, boom, you talk it out, boom, and now we understand that there's two opinions from these two hosts. So now, when you guys interview, you can come from those opinions. You can come from that area, and now there's a dynamic to this interview. Now I have two opposing interviewers who are coming at me with two different things. He thinks this. He thinks this. These questions are going to be this way. These are this. Now it's about okay. We're about to have some fun. Yes. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean those those things. You know, I mean they're they can be like uncomfortable. You know, to talk about. Um, you know, just because you know you don't want to poke anyone's buttons per se you know um you know i wouldn't call myself racist by any means i'm just uneducated i would say and you know what goes on out there i mean i've got i've got some african-american friends around here but like i said there's not very many around here and but i i love them to death and you know the ones that i do know they're they're awesome people you know so 
Um, I, I don't know, and they, but they also they love this area too. They're they're really decent people, and I don't know, just. Robert is funny. Robert is making Robert is always just but, like. But let, you, but, let you, but let me tell you, this is how we grow as people, right here. <laughs> Boom, you hit it on the head. You don't interact with a lot of African Americans, right? You have a co-host who's an African American, and you're talking to someone who knows a lot of shit, right? But if you keep your mouth closed, you won't learn anything. Right. Now you have the now you have the chance to get two very strong opinions about subjects that you don't know enough about right. or don't have enough experience about. Had you if you don't open up to that, you won't get these because then I can come in and give you my point of view. Right. He can tell you his point of view from two people who you're speaking of a point of view that you never understand. Same with you. You can speak about being a white woman. First of all, the woman alone is something that me and him will never understand. Right. That's shit that we, we could never. It should be all questions from us. Right. You know? <laughs> so it's the same element. But if the people don't share those things and are afraid to speak about uncomfortable things, you know, this was why I didn't get a lot of airtime on the challenge, because this was the stuff that I talked about. And it didn't feel like it was That's interesting. I think this is like the nuts and bolts because this is the shit. Religion, mm-hmm. political views, the way the world works. These are all the things that that are the basis of our personality. Yet these are the things that most people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought it was rather interesting, though, since you were bringing that up. Um, Robert was telling me to watch the real world on Facebook watch and it's been a while since I've seen that, but I mean, but they were touching on some very touchy subjects on there too, which was rather, you know, interesting. I mean, you have, you know, so many different, you know, different views on there, so many different types of people and coming into this one room and then just making, you know, assumptions and, you know, before, you know, just, like you said, hearing the person out, see what their what their view is, and you know, not not all people are bad. You know, um, whenever they're whenever people conversate and those type of things, some people though can get just like bam, like in your face and just really super defensive, and that's whenever I just kind of like shell up. I'm just like, Ugh, I I I don't. I don't want to deal with that just because I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, put tape over my, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know enough from, you know, from the past and what their life is going through. You know, I, I have no idea. So it's interesting though, how you had, had said that your bits and pieces, you know, that you had talked about that on the challenge were taken off. Um, but then now, the real world was putting that over there on Facebook. So, I mean, maybe things are changing and maybe it's coming to a light that people now are getting like more comfortable maybe about it. And, and uh, I mean, I, I'm so thankful, you know, that you've been on the show tonight with us here in Nehemiah. I want to thank you so much. And, you know, I was wondering if, you know, in the future, if you'd be interested in being on any of the, um, other shows, you know, just because it is interesting just to hear like your take, your views, and you know, because I know that you have more stories to tell than what we just went over tonight. Because uh, and not just about the challenge, you know, you, we we want to hear about your filming experiences too. So, but like I said, thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you guys for having me. Yes, I would do another show. And I think that um, these type of points of views that I bring are part of the personality, which why I got chosen for the real world. And that's why they picked me for that show. And it's the area that we need to be back in our lives because we've become so sensitive with the outlet of social media. Everybody is so sensitive. Words are so offensive to people now. And people care more about words than they do about a person's actions. And we need to get to a place where we aren't sensitive and we can have real conversations. Because if everybody's sensitive, then the only thing that happens is everyone is staying in their opinion in their own biased world. Until we can have a conversation, we can't ever blend information. And that's what's important. And we need that shit. That's the reason why I want to force people like you to have uncomfortable conversations like that. (laughs) <laughs> Robert, had some talks. We talked about religion and all that when we was at the Challenge Union. You're not yeah. going if you come around me, we're gonna talk about we could, we could yeah. go from sports all the way to some right. bullshit, all the way to some deep stuff because that's the spectrum of life, it's not one sided. Right. So shit there. And if you can't sit and have a conversation with somebody for three hours, you yes. know what I mean? Like I mean, <laughs> as long as they're not confrontational, you, you know what I mean? Because there's some people that are just way over overboard you know i mean i i can talk you know you guys you know you're pretty mellow on on the spectrum you know compared to some some of the people who who do bring it up and it's it's just it's amazing but not a lot of people will bring it up i will say you you know this is the main reason why i had nehemiah on because um, i knew his experience and he knew when i was when we met in denver i kind of um, ask some questions just to kind of get a conversation started, you know. So I purposely did that, and tonight I liked how he, you know, brought that back on us and asked our opinion. Now, me and Alicia, we've been knowing each other since Missouri State days. We went to college together. That's how I know her. Uh, and then I ended up moving back to St. Louis. She moved back to Rolla. I don't know if you moved back there right away or not. But uh, I think she was there like a year after. What what year did you graduate? I can't remember. Um, I had to think about it too. Oh eight. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I came out in oh nine, so she graduated before I did. So I had like another what, year. What? Look at me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, so we both been out for <laughs> years. And now. I, I think am younger than you, and I beat you. <laughs> I think I was. I'm. T- I think I was 26 when I got my bachelor's degree, I think, if I can remember. And then I got my master's at 31, I want to say. So I'm done with my schooling for right now. It's because with my little one now, so it's been all her. But um, definitely sparking conversations like this has always, I love talking about it. Definitely getting somebody from the challenge. I was definitely excited. So I'm glad we was finally able to get Nehemiah on, and I'm going to need to wrap this up because I need to finish getting ready for tomorrow or I'm going to be running on film. So, um, Nehemiah, I definitely would love for you to come back on at some point. If you would like to, I'll be uh, touching bases with you again and seeing at some point when you want to come back on. I'm going to try to see if I can get Tyrone back on, too, because you remember Tyrone, right, that we were talking with? You talking to me? Yeah. We talked to Tyrone? Yeah, remember when we was in Denver, it was okay, me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try to get him on, too, because we've done a few podcasts together. I'm supposed to have him on next week. We're going to talk about the roasting of Mark Long, because that was pretty fun. We had a good time. Derek and Scott, they did an excellent job uh, in uh, Chicago again. 
Uh, I loved it. I mean, I was just dying laughing all around. Uh, meeting Mark Long, that was big for me because I've always wanted to meet the godfather of the challenge. So that was pretty cool. Um, what was one cool thing that you took away from the challenge? The challenge? Yeah. Um, that there's a lot of easy ways to get money in this world. <laughs> oh, bam. <laughs> Have to talk about that because that's what I've been trying to figure out <laughs> to make I'll, more money. Damn, yeah. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Throwing money out, right. <laughs> like you're throwing gifts out. I want an Xbox or right. watch. I was like, yo, right. I've been doing this shit wrong. I was like, um, so what? <laughs> You know, they stopped doing those prizes, man. They, they don't do the prizes like they used to. Now. Yeah, I need a mil- forget a prize. I take a million dollars. I'll buy my own prizes. You don't tell me yeah. what kind of prize right. I get. No, I don't need no Xbox. Give me a million dollars. I'll be cool. So what was your reaction when you heard that it, it, it boosted up to a million dollars? Oh, I called Beauty and Mary instantly. Hey, I want to get back on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me I want to make this money. Son. Yo, man, no. real money. Um, I thought it was cool, you know. Um, to me, earning a million dollars through one of my companies and having it continue to come in is more important than winning a million on the challenge. Mm-hmm. You're going to blow through that money. It's a very short time to win that large sum of money. And if you don't know what to do with it, it could fuck you up. Right. So for me, I would much rather it, it made me want to get my businesses to that status so that if they ever call for a challenge, I'll be like, dude, I make if I leave, I'll miss out on the millions that I'm already making. So it, it, it gave me a bigger hustle for myself each time. It's like a each time it's like, you know, a, a milestone that I want to get to. So that's what happened when I heard it. It made me want to earn that money on my own with my own companies and get it like the hard way. Because then at the end of the day, when I look back, it's like, yo, I generated a mill on my own, you know. Now, do you um, <laughs> do you um, talk to West business wise? Because, you know, he got yeah. his successful thing down in Kansas City. So yeah, we work together often, too. OK. On multiple things. That's cool. He's, he's one of my business advisors. Oh, okay. Okay, that's what's up. So, yeah, I was wondering that because I was like, y'all, I know y'all talking still. Because I know you. How was the uh, wedding and everything? Did you enjoy it? I did. I officiated. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where was Danny? <laughs> he wasn't there. Um, uh, what are he, you laughing? He was invited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He was invited. Yeah, he was invited. Well, he just didn't go. I don't think he. I think work or some some issue like that. But um, he was invited. He didn't go. Obviously, Johanna didn't come. Um, but yeah, it was dope. Like thinking back of when I first shook Wes's hand and he had that funny ass haircut. Right. <laughs> all the way up to like me marrying him and his wife. It's like. This is crazy. That timeline goes through your head, you know, so I wanted to make, I took it very serious and I wanted to make sure I did a good job and, you know, I was like extreme, that was like one of the highest honors that I've ever been offered before. So have you ever officiated before that one or did you get your license just for that? Really? Aww. 
and told you that's his best friend, you know. So going through this, and I kind of was throwing out the history, and um, the funny thing is, when I really knew what everybody about the channel, I broke down like the whole cast of of, of rivals because I was like going through the list. I said, okay, CT, he's from Real World Paris. He, you know, came on the challenge. You know, got kicked off uh, for punching Adam because of the whole DM thing. And then, you know, he, he was going, he had lost his brother during that time. And then I just started rattling off and I was just like, wow. It, I just cannot believe how long it has been since all this stuff took place. And I'm like, man, I really know my knowledge and my real world history and my challenge history. But um, it's it's just been an um, awesome experience overall because uh, I've met a lot of you guys um, outside of the show. And I got to say, y'all real down to earth, you know, just like us, you know, human, just like us. And it's just been cool just to, to get that, meet you, Wes, uh, Melinda. I wish I got a picture with Danny. When he was here in St. Louis, I, that's the only thing I play back in my mind when I met them. I'm saying, how did I not get a picture with Danny? I don't understand how I didn't get a picture with Danny. And I got a picture with everybody else. So it, it's definitely been interesting. Um, when you, I, I was mad because you weren't here that day. And, but I remember when you was telling me that you wasn't able to come because you was uh, out looking for work. I understood that then because I was like, that makes sense. Because I remember when y'all had a, Thing. It was at the American pub. I'll never forget this. And I almost didn't go because of the fact that I had work. And I had just got off work and I said, you know what? I might as well just go out to Westport because I'm just driving right past there. And I ended up going to the American pub that night. And that's how I ended up meeting West and Danny and Melinda and Johanna and then meeting M Melinda again at uh, the Yorkville event and then through Channel. <clears throat> That's been an amazing experience. But uh, uh, Nehemiah, I want to say thank you, my brother. It's definitely been fun talking with you tonight. Uh, Alicia, do you have any more questions for my man Nehemiah before we let him go? Um, you know, I, I just, I, I guess um, one of my last uh, questions for you then is to kind of, I guess, like flip the switch on, on you and regards like to the racism i mean did you feel racism on the show whenever you were on it if you feel comfortable talking about it if you don't i'm you know if i overstepped the bounds i'm sorry but you know did you feel that you were ever like a target of that ever uh when i did my real world i was a target of racism on the outside like in texas um as far as with other challenge members, no, <clears throat> never an issue, um, and never really an issue with production. But the, the, when I ask that, I know what happens. What happens when we watch television, and even in real life, what happens is is that we tend to tune in and we tend to gravitate the like, the people who look like us or who act like us. And I know that with a lot of the um, African-Americans who watch the show, because there's usually a very, very small number of them who get casted, the first thing that they do is, you know, they want to see who did they cast this time? Because they know out of seven slots, there's probably only going to be one. So since there's seven slots and there's only going to be a one, we need to see what is it about this one black person out of all of the black people that they interviewed, why they chose this one black person. Right. So now if the show had multiple 
black people is different. You don't watch a show like that because now that black person is just a regular cast member. But when you get into a show where they are identified and they're identified so much that they get the term the angry black guy, because literally that's all that the all every single cast member that they've chosen on the show gets their term for a specific reason. Crazy frat guy, the hot guy next door, who is usually a white male because the, the term, the guy next door and the girl next door, you never see that used to term to somebody minority. It's always a white person. So the girl next door, Melinda, the guy next door, Danny. Then you get the exotic, spicy foreign girl, Jamie on San Diego, Johan on my season. Then you get the girl who's kind of like the outcast. Um, it was, um, I forgot the girl on San Diego who passed away, um, and then Lacey on my season. So it's a replica. And what happens, that's what television does. It divides us and it makes us choose sides and it happens in sports. It happens in everything. So the challenge is no different and neither is the show. So that's all I was asking from the fan show, because when I watch it, I watch it differently because they're all friends of mine. <clears throat> so I'm watching it based off of people who know, people who I don't like, because I was at an event, this person did this or said this. So I'm watching it differently than you guys are, um, because this platform I'm connected to. So uh, I don't feel like there's racism in it, but I do feel like there's a demographic that the show tries to meet, and that's the reason why they cast the way that they do. And that's the reason why there'll be one black person, one Hispanic. You never really see any Asian males. You barely see too many Asian females. Um, you know, their demographic is set, and that's who they cast around to. Yeah, that's a good question. And um, uh, something to lighten the mood, too, is since Christmas is coming up, I know uh, since you were talking about religion, mm-hmm. you must be a religious guy. So with that being said, what is your favorite thing about the holidays? <laughs> <laughs> I don't celebrate Christmas. You don't celebrate no. Christmas? Okay. Yep, and this is it. Talk to him. Yeah, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm not religious at all. I'm far from Oh, you're not. No, I'm, I'm, okay. Because I'm, me, I'm going to take an educated guess. Uh-huh. You're very religious. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say practicing religion, but you probably are what, Christian-based or Catholic-based? Christian-based. Okay, so I would be the type of guy that your parents would not like you bringing home. already knew that. See, I'm not, I'm not super, super religious. I just, I try to, I go to church to hear the sermon, and we have an awesome preacher um, that basically. So you, I don't like reading. I don't like reading at all. I'm sorry. When church every Sunday? Not every Sunday. Sometimes there's like some dance event that I gotta go to during the weekend, so I gotta skip it sometimes. So. But three out of three out of three out of four Sundays you're in church. Most likely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's really. That's really. It's a thing. It's a family thing. It's like me, my mom, my sister, and my aunt. We all go together. You know. Um, and not that it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that I'm the person that they wouldn't want you. <laughs> right, right. Even ha- having a conversation with, just yeah. like, like you want to be steer clear of that guy. You know? like, this is the reason for the season, and they're gonna, you know what I mean? They're gonna throw out things like that, and I'm not gonna agree, and they're not gonna like it. <laughs> they're not gonna like it, hey. and then they're gonna get defensive, like you say, because then they're gonna run out of facts. 
and I'm going to keep throwing facts, and then they're going to run out of facts, and they're going to get defensive, and it happens just like you say, and it always happens, because every single time you talk to someone, they run out of facts, and they go off of opinion, and it's like, now this isn't a real debate, because opinion holds no bearing against facts, and it's like, yeah, so... But the best thing about the season is that it brings everyone together. And I hate that it brings consumerism out of everyone because that's the reason why they put these seasons together secretly. But the fact that everyone does come together and, you know, they find an excuse, that's what I like about it. And I like that it has a warm feeling about it. You know, like motherfuckers want to put scarves on and shit and it makes you like get warm. <laughs> something cozy about the holidays you know like i love i'm not a religious person but i love seeing christmas decorations i like do you watch hallmark do you watch hallmark movies do i no (laughs) oh come on you know there's a guy at work that watches it and he has a wife thank you like from the hallmark network yes yeah i've never i stopped watching tv before hallmark had a network There was no Hallmark Network when I stopped watching TV. Let me show you why I don't watch a lot of TV. You see? We eat a lot. Wow. I'm impressed. That's why I don't watch a lot of TV. Because I read all the time. There you go. Bam. A lot of people don't have that like like you do a lesson, you know. We all got yeah, we all like, got time I do, Hey. We all I don't have a TV. It's just I I know the password to my parents' information hey, and I've got over. Hey, send it over. You got Hulu? Give <laughs> <Send it laughs> me all the passwords that you got. got Play. <laughs> yeah, I've got the MTV that's on there. I mean, you can see that that live. And then if you miss it, then you it's on there like the next day. But then there are some stations that you can't even watch live. A lot of sports channels won't let you you know watch it. And but at least you know last season whenever the Blues were playing, I was able to see them on on TV, which was nice. But That's you know, right. Blues go Blues. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> I bet I bet you can tell where we're from, Missouri. Yeah. She got the. <laughs> Cardinals on. That's my team right there. I got my school. Go Bears. The Missouri State Bears on there. Oh, I thought that was Chicago. See, I'm uh, not even that uh, big of a sports person. I'm, I'd be lost. I watch a lot of fighting. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I, I like I liked sports where people couldn't hide behind a team. That's okay. Growing up, it was always like people talk shit, and then it's like you can hide behind your team. But when it's one-on-one, I, I like that. That's the shit that I was into. It was like you had to back up everything that you say. Now it's just us two. That gate closed. You in the ring. Now it's it's really who is the best person. Right. And there is no hiding behind that. That's the type of person I always been. That's what's up. Yeah. What's the <laughs> well, real? Once a- now, yeah. I know she was. I was about to do the segue for. Go ahead, do the segue. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you once again for being on our our show. Um, you know, we've only had how many episodes now? Do you even know, Robert? Because you're the one that's controlling all of the episodes I know that we've got going on. I know it's double digits now. Um, I definitely want to say thank you for those who have been listening. Uh, I'm still working on uh, viewership uh, and also um, definitely trying to get my personal stuff together. 
so I can do this more. But I definitely wanted to take a time out today to talk to Nehemiah, uh, regardless of what I was doing, because I've been trying to get him on and so we can talk about the challenge. And definitely, we had a good conversation tonight. So if you definitely want to know where we at, Average Joe Podcast 11 on Instagram, like, share. Also, we own uh, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, please like. Please give us a five-star ratings. Uh, and uh, give us feedback, positive feedback, negative feedback. I like to hear feedback. That's what I like to hear because uh, sometimes I don't get a chance to listen to myself again. I'm trying to get caught up with some other podcasts that I have been fouled off with. Uh, I'm now back rolling with Challenge Mania because I kind of fell back and I'm caught up now. So uh, I'm glad to be back with that platform, listening to them and just listen to all different platforms, getting everybody's opinions and everything. Definitely this platform is for the fans. So anybody that want to come out, you know, you just got to take a little test, a little quick test about the challenge and uh, we'll bring you on and we can get to, uh, talking about the challenge and talking about the finals. We are in final season. We got one more episode before the conclusion of War of the Worlds 2. And then it's going to be focusing on uh, season 35, which is next year sometime. And now you got X on the beach. Uh, I haven't seen the first episode. The first episode actually aired tonight. So if you need to watch it, definitely watch it. You know, Nicole and Laurel is on this season, which I can't wait to see those two go at it again because I got to see it live in uh, Yorkville, Illinois. And when I tell you Nicole is a true player from the Himalayas, that girl is a player, hands down. Uh, Nicole, I love her to death, but man, that girl, whoo! She, I, I, Nehemiah, she's like a, um, let me see, she's like a dude trapped in a woman's body. I take offense for that, <laughs> but I'll be for real, man. Because when, when you, when you, I, I think offense that because what you're saying, what you're saying is that women are strong enough to compete with men. So there has to be a man inside of a woman's body. So I'm offended by that statement. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, that's how I she know. Comes. I'm offended by that statement. I, that's how she comes out. I'm going to let you know that. that this first hand. This was first hand knowledge. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. But uh, I don't, don't mean no offense to nobody. But that's. But me. Yeah. And Nehemiah, he's gonna cry, and we're both gonna cry, and we're gonna console each other later. Um, okay, but we just got over it, maybe. So, <laughs> okay, but, so Robert, how can people contact you on your personal page? Uh, my personal page is Robert Lee Junior. Eighty one eighteen, I believe. And uh, Alicia, what's your? Mine is CardinalsFan57 underscore Fun Fitness. I don't know why it's so long. How would you remember that? Again, CardinalsFan57 underscore Fun Fitness. I talk about my RA, which is rheumatoid arthritis, and dealing with that and doing fitness at the same time and just dealing with the, the struggles of that. Also, with um, I talk about clogging on there, too. So it's a mixture of, hey, it's a mixture of fitness. Fitness Marshall, clogging. So follow me and, you know, you'll see the real me like you do see on the on this show, too. So check it out. Nehemiah. I'm at the uh, the Fitness Marshall. 
TV is from what I remember. And then NehemiahTV.com. Yes. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Average Joe Podcast. I want to say thank you to those who are still listening. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And until next time, uh, stay safe and have a wonderful evening. Where's my topic?